So we've come to that part of the programme where we have a look at the Bible, and it follows on from a week where we've had Shrove Tuesday and Ash Wednesday, and we're now in that period of time in the Christian calendar called Lent, where Lent is a time of penitence and fasting in, in Christian tradition. But we're going to have a look at some words from Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 and 15, and have a bit of a discussion on those words. And this is how it goes. It says this, Then John's disciples came and asked him, How is it that the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is still with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them then they will fast. So, Jamie, what are your thoughts on that? Well, fasting in biblical terms is often illustrated by the abstinence of food. And if you're like me, food has been one of the main earthly pleasures I've indulged in over this lockdown period. My work trousers, which I usually use as a guide to whether I need to reduce my intake, have been replaced with tracksuit bottoms, which conveniently stretch So no prizes for guessing which way my weight is going. So for me, Lent has come at the right time. It's a time when we can abstain from something that's not good for us, either physically or mentally. So no surprises this year, Twitter-related Lent messages have identified most people, according to openbible.info, will be giving up alcohol and chocolate. My intention this Lent was alcohol, but after one challenging day at work, distracted by half term and cooking, I suddenly realised I had a glass of wine in my hand. I hadn't lasted 24 hours. Fasting takes discipline and commitment. And let's be honest, it's hard and we'll find any excuse not to do it. So no wonder the followers of John the Baptist were wondering why Jesus' followers weren't fasting. Jesus responds with a wonderful illustration of a wedding feast, a polar opposite of fasting. Fasting is so often associated with the concept that your current situation either feels like God is absent or God is needed to intervene or you want to physically profess your reliance on him. But here Jesus is saying, look, I'm here now with you. Enjoy this time because my time here is short. Some theologians argue that the need for fasting stopped here or when the day of Pentecost arrived. But read on in the Bible and you discover that fasting continued in the early church, resulting in world-changing events. And many of us this Lent will be mourning, be it the loss of loved ones, the heartache of not seeing or experiencing the touch of friends or family, or even the Friday night out or not having a holiday to look forward to. But to me, fasting is a way of saying... I am abstaining from something important to me physically to allow God to intervene supernaturally. To believers, the absence of God in this world will ultimately be a time of mourning until the bridegroom returns and the feast will begin. It says in Revelation 21.3, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and there will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. So maybe this Lent, why not see this time as a time to try fasting in some way or form, medically dependent, of course, to say, God, I want to physically demonstrate my dependence on you. Please intervene in my life and this world to allow your will to be done in preparation for the feast to come when pain, crying, death and sorrow will be no more. Fasting in and of itself is not a means to an end. 
Teacher and author John Piper, in his book, A Hunger for God, says that fasting can show that what we hunger for most, we worship. Our body and our spirit have been designed to be intrinsically connected, meaning that what we do to or with our bodies often reflects what's going on in our hearts. When we experience deep grief, fasting is a natural human response. Most people don't feel like eating. Their appetite is gone and food is the last thing they're concerned about. Fasting is appropriate during times of sorrow, and there are many accounts in the Old Testament where prophets and kings and the people of Israel would respond to a situation of mourning, danger, sorrow for sins, needing humility for a revelation from God, or as King David did, he fasted on behalf of his enemies. It's important to note here that although fasting is related to revelations from God, it is not a means of achieving them but simply a natural accompaniment to desperate and deep seeking of God's will. In every scriptural account, genuine fasting is linked with prayer. You can pray without fasting, but you can't fast biblically without praying. Fasting is an affirmation of intense prayer, a consequence of deep spiritual struggle before God. It's never an isolated act or a ceremony or a ritual that has some sort of inherent efficacy or merit. It has no value at all, in fact, and becomes a, a spiritual hindrance and actually a sin when it's done for any reason apart from knowing and following the Lord's will. Jesus' statement, when you fast, that he, he talks about in Matthew 6, it indicates that fasting is normal and acceptable in Christian life. He assumes his followers will fast on certain occasions, but he doesn't give a command or specify a particular time, place or method because of validity this is going back into the history of the Hebrews now, of the Jewish people, of their days of uh, celebration. There's a particular day called the Day of Atonement, and that was a celebration and a final sacrifice or a sacrifice that the uh, people used to give to God for their sins. Now that stopped, that, that celebration or that act of Day of Atonement ceased when Jesus made the once and for all sacrifice on the cross. And so the only single prescribed occasion for fasting then ceased to, ceased to exist. Jesus' disciples did not fast while he was with them because fasting is associated primarily with mourning or other times of consuming spiritual need or anxiety. When the disciples of John the Baptist asked Jesus why his disciples did not fast like they and the Pharisees did, he replied, the attendants of the bridegroom cannot mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them, can they? But the day will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and they will fast. So fasting is associated with mourning. Fasting is never shown in the scriptures to be the means to a heightened spiritual experience, visions or special insight or awareness, as is often uh, thought of. Fasting is appropriate in this age because Christ is physically absent from the earth, but it's appropriate only as a response of special times of testing, trial or struggle. So in this time of Lent, be encouraged to spend time with God in a deep and consuming way, focused in the scriptures. You may be wondering why this scripture was chosen this week. Well, this week was a special day. I'm not speaking about Shrove Tuesday or Pancake Day, because it's officially known to most people, but rather about Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday signifies the start of Lent in the Christian calendar. This is normally a period of time where Christians decide to give up or fast from something. It could be alcohol, swearing, or anything that's considered a sacrifice like foods or anything else. 
Lent is a period of time when Jesus, before beginning his ministry, was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. During this period, Jesus was fasting. But why? There is no specific biblical command to fast. However, many times in the Bible, there are examples where people fasted. Moses fasted when he was receiving the commandments from God. Esther requested the Jews to fast before she went before the king. David fasted when his son was ill. He also fasted upon hearing the news of Jonathan's death. And as I mentioned, Jesus fasted when he went into the wilderness. But why? John Piper explains that fasting is a temporary renunciation of something that in itself good, like food, in order to intensify our expression or need for something greater, namely God and his work in our lives. It's recognizing that we are dependent on God. There's no such time of when or how you should fast. However, Jesus did leave some examples for us as considered when deciding to fast. In the passage today, we're told when he is taken away from us, his disciples will fast. When returning from the mountain on which the transfiguration occurred, Jesus encountered his disciples who, were, who was unable to heal a demon-possessed boy. When he had driven the demon out, he explained that such demon can only be driven out by prayer. And in some manuscripts, it says prayer and fasting. There will be some situations where we need to pray and fast into a situation. After providing us with a template of prayer, Jesus also provided a very helpful instruction on how to fast. He said, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their face to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their full the reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen, and your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. Sometimes we may need to fast when we need to seek God's will. You will know when the time is right for you to do this. When you do it, I hope you gain the connection that is needed. Remember, there's no need to share with others what you're doing because God knows your motives. The question of fasting for Lent caused lots of great discussion in our home group this week and probably raised more questions than answers. Aren't we under grace, not the law? Aren't we set free? When did God originally require man to fast? Does fasting persuade God to do something for us? Are we more spiritual or closer to God if we fast? Is it good? Is it bad? I think the general opinion was you don't have to fast to please God. He already loves you and nothing you can do can make him love you more. It's a personal choice. And it might be for you personally that exercising some control over your carnal self, what Paul refers to as the flesh, for example in Galatians 5 and Romans 8, will help you focus more on your spiritual side. I asked Philip Sauerbutz, pastor of Castle Church here in Stafford, for his thoughts on Lent and this is what he said. Leaving aside traditions of fasting and going back to what the Bible says, there's no specific command for Christians to fast in the Bible, but it's clear that they did. For example, before taking big decisions in Acts 13 and 14. I think too often the focus of fasting is on the lack of food. Instead, the purpose of fasting should be to take our eyes off the things of this world and focus completely on God, usually with prayer. Fasting is a way to demonstrate to God 
and ourselves that we are serious about our relationship with him. There are a few things I think are important. First, that we don't see fasting with prayer as a way to get what we want from God, i.e. striking a deal. I'll go without food if you give me this. Second, we need to be careful that fasting doesn't become a source of pride, making yourself look extra holy by publicising the fact that you're fasting. That's just sinful boasting, Matthew 6, 16-18. And third, God doesn't need our fasting to do his will, though he can use it for his glory. It's a big subject. In our scripture for today, Matthew 9 verse 15, Jesus does say that while he was with the disciples, they should not fast. But he also says the time will come when the bridegroom, meaning himself, will be taken from them. Then they will fast. To me, it sounds like an observation rather than a command. And it's true, over the next five or six weeks, millions of Christians around the world will be doing something to observe a time that leads up to the cross. That most poignant and significant point in time when God's rescue plan for all mankind took place and Jesus sacrificed his own life for us. The Bible says this, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends.